tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. Hello, Swarm. Good morning, Swarm. How are you guys? You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to. Right. <laughs> Hey, I, we're going the gateway. Yeah, dude, we You're are. We're life. pro everybody on this thing. We're pro people. We don't care what you do. Get weird. Just don't hurt the children and don't hurt people and don't be a lizard person. Uh, guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, really uh, thankful for the response on the last episode. You guys really have enjoyed uh, the dentistry episode, the Bitcoin episode, and probably, to be honest with you, our most dangerous episode, the Pissar episode. That seems to be what is bringing the hammer down on this young Christian warrior. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, but man, we've been doing some uh, episodes that are kind of uh, dangerous. So, But that's what this show does. We have the conversations nobody wants to. Uh, joining me via the power of a tin can with a screen, with a string, my good friend, Xavier Guerrero. How are you, Xavier? What's up? I'm doing good, good. I'm going to uh, be back in the studio. I hit up Bill Gates. I'm going to be the first conspiracy theorist to get the chip. Fuck it. Yeah. The chip. Are you going to fire me? Are you going to fire me if I do it? <laughs> what, what kind of chip are you going to get? A Doritos tortilla chip? Is that what he's going to give you? Come on. Right that. here. I want it right here. <laughs> That's so great. You're the first one to get chicks. Well, hey, uh, you're doing your podcast. It's called George Press Stories. Uh, it's very popular. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what is what are the feelings of the 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 ladies who dance for dollar bills? What is their opinion on uh, Bill Gates the the vaccine? Are they all just like give me the vaccine so I can get to the sh- the champagne yeah. room? They don't give a fuck. It's gonna go, they're opening back up, but there's gonna be no new rule. There's no dances. It's just gonna be like a bar with the chick dancing, but there's no like private dances. You got what is six feet away, so. What is happening? I heard they're going to be going to the car. You're going to have to go to your car and get the lap dance in the whip. So sounds like a better deal at the end of the day. Uh, uh, what is that different than just picking someone up on the corner street? I mean, what are we doing? And by the way, I drove in today. And for you don't live in L.A., I got to drive through trans hooker stroll okay and my favorite thing is they're all wearing masks the trans hookers who are on their stroll are wearing masks this is not this is not the bug they're trying to catch right yeah (laughs) (laughs) right it's just so weird it's like you're getting in strangers cars doing strange things but you have a mask on yeah it's so weird uh, joining me, he is uh, my partner uh, on the new hit show that all the kids are talking about, Broken Simulation, the sports center for the apocalypse. Johnny Woodard, how are you, Johnny? What's up, D? 
dude. The Band King. That's my new nickname proposal for you. The Band King. Dude, it is crazy because it is a... Cr- I mean, like, dude, how can it not be a coordinated event? I Oh, I totally believe it. You know, and I'm skeptical of stuff like that, but I totally believe it is, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's no other explanation. I was just like, man, thank God, you know, I'm not on Facebook enough for them to F with me. And I went there yesterday. They're like, <laughs> you can't add anybody to your comedy group. I'm like, what did I do, Facebook? If you want to support Sam, go to brokensimulation.com. Go to his comedy channel on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Sam Patreon. Go to Patreon. Go to Tim, uh, patreon.com Patreon, yeah. backslash tinfoil hat. Or if you want to see some, because uh, when we do Broken Simulation, we record for two hours and you get a bunch of the bonus content. Uh, and you can just go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil foil hat now a lot of you guys don't like patreon if you want the bonus broken simulation content it's at patreon forward slash broken simulation what did i say tinfoil hat that's a different okay all right uh some of you guys uh hate patreon and eventually they're gonna come for me um you can also go to subscribe subscribe star.com and you should open up a broken simulation for that too and i just put them both you can go to subscribe star subscribe star.com forward slash tinfoil hat and soon to be forward slash broken simulation and you'll be able to get the content there because they seem to be letting you do you boo okay so go check that out and uh the new joker t-shirts are available at tinfoil hat t-shirts I am now talking to my website person that you'll be able to go to samtriplee.com and then press all, you'll find all the um, banners and we'll take it right there. So that will be happening hopefully by the end of the week. Ah, yeah, dude. Anything else, dude? Okay. Okay. Uh, Guys, uh, we're going to give out a free commercial for, for, um, for small businesses, because we here at Timfall Hat believe in small businesses. We do not understand why Target and, and Walmart and Amazon can all work. Uh, you know, everybody on the news can work, but apparently small businesses cannot work. Okay. Today, one of our small businesses is the Meat Truck LLC, everybody. That's right, man. The Meat Truck LLC. Uh, him and his, this guy, my man, my man, okay, Donnie Makula Jr. and his brother started uh, the Meat Truck LLC. Okay, he's been doing meats for almost two years. His partner's been doing it for 11 years. They used to go door to door, but now they got their own company. Uh, and it's all natural, no ho- hormones, no red dye, all choice grade USD inspected products, flash frozen in a 10 millimeter vacuum seal with butcher date on each package. He sells beef, chicken, pork, and seafood. We guarantee it for one year, Johnny. One year. Freezer burn taste and tenderness. One year, dude. I got to get some of this action, everybody. Uh, Offer free home delivery for up to 70 miles from their hometown. And we take great pride and are able to help Americans buy American farms again. Check out their website, everybody. The Meat Truck dot org it is dot org so you know it means business and then you go to our good friends at Payne's glasses right Payne's glasses uh that is hold on one second p y n e 
glasses.com. They are a small business that is owned by, um, it basically only has about uh, 10 employees. And they give you, dude, go to their website and start looking at what they have. They have the best selection for a sliver of the cost, okay? Just go to Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, glasses.com. And you can help this small business group that has only a few employees. Their whole thing is we want to get you cheap glasses at low, low prices. They cut a lot of the overhead off and they take care of you. And their selections go forever. So just go to Payne glasses.com they're supposed to be using getting the promo code tinfall hack going and i just want to thank them for all dude look at this selection i mean at the i see five dollar glasses not ten dollar glasses eighteen dollar glasses nineteen dollar glasses twenty four dollar glass i mean like dude every these at, at any of these uh major retail places are gonna cost you 100 150 we're talking $27 is the most expensive I've seen. So go check them out. They uh, listen to the show and their friends, painglasses.com, P-A-Y-N-E-G-L-A-S-S-E-S.com. And hopefully by the time you listen to this, they even got cream out dude Jabbar glasses. Sam. <laughs> I think that means you need new glasses. Look at the ones you have in your hand. I know. I, I'm looking at it right now, see if I can find some wrapper glasses from the 90s. <laughs> like, you know, third, third base style. So that's our slow. That's our small business commercial reads. I hope you guys go and support them. All right, guys. Uh, joining me via the power of Skype. He's a good friend of mine. The guy does a lot of work. Um in the community of Los Angeles. Uh, he helps in the uh, sobriety community. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I just did. Uh, please welcome my good friend, Bob Nixon. How are you, Bob? Okay, let's get my last name right first, uh, What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? You said Nixon. What is it? I have nothing it? to do with Ms. Nickman, N-I-C-K-M-A-N. You know God that. God damn it. I can't I even, even get my yeah, friend's yeah. last names right. <laughs> No, I, but you've screwed up a lot of names. I, I screw up all that. Bob Nickman. Okay, Bob. Yes, Bob Nick. Can we yeah, edit that I, out, please? Please welcome my good friend, <laughs> Bob Nickman. It's such a big part of the show now, dude. Hey, you got my name right. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. How are you, Bob? I love you very I am, much. I know I, great. I fucked your name up, and it doesn't seem like I love you, but I really do. I know you do. I, you know, I'm in virtual Hawaii, which is Santa Monica, and uh, you know, I set up a nice background because you mean a lot to me, and I wanted you to feel comfortable and tropical. Bob, and, uh, you are yeah. part of this group of guys on the West Side that are like such good people, man, and you're always like, I don't want to get too much into your personal stuff because I don't know what you want to say, but you know, you you help everyone around you, including your neighbors. You go out of your way. Uh, you run a giant show in which you raise money for, uh, uh, you know, sobriety centers all throughout Southern California. And it's like, you're just a good guy. And I'm really thankful that you would come on my show, dude. So I, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. And thank you for, uh, for having me on the show. And let me just say that, yes, I do all those things that you mentioned. And it's because my default setting is, is selfish. So I have to go against the way that I really am <laughs> in order to, uh, you know, 
have a productive life. Contrary actions, I, right? Contrary yeah, actions. I'm Mr. Contrary Action. Dark negative Bob is the is the default settings, and uh, I've had to. I've had that's my my biggest thing to overcome: negativity and dark thinking. Bob, and I know you know what that is, sir. Yes, I, dude. I live in the darkness, brother. I shine in the darkness. Bob, um, you know one of my favorite quotes from uh, lines from a, a, a movie is uh, uh, "Waiting for Guthman." And, you know, we just lost Fred Willard, right, which is super sad. And, like, you know, obviously one of, one of the last things we've ever heard from Fred Willard was him getting arrested at the Tiki Bar, uh, beating off in the adult bookstore, and which sucks because the guy's 70-something at that time, and he was beating off in the place you're supposed to beat off in. It wasn't like he was at Burger King or anything like that. It, that's what you go there for, and he obviously has a wife who never leaves her house, so he can never get on his old-ass computer and watch his, like, 70s porn, so he went there. But he was uh, one of my favorite lines from uh, Waiting for Guthman, which he was in, was uh, – when the one actress goes, uh, you know, she's been learning improv and she's getting better at it because she's learning to uh, not trust her instincts. Those <laughs> and that and that's such a great line when it comes like sobriety and all that stuff is like learn to not trust your instincts when it comes to, you know, doing contrary action to what, you know, this thing inside you is telling you to do. I uh, completely. And I was talking to a guy yesterday about uh, making a list of uh, his belief systems and, because I did that a number of years ago and I still do. But, you know, I the things I used to believe about myself were so off and so not accurate that uh, I really learned to not trust everything that I think. And I used to believe everything I thought. I go, I'm a smart guy. If I think it, it must be true. Not so, Sam. Not so. Hey, you know what, Bob? There's also something, and I, I'm really excited about this episode because, it, you know, it's one of, I'm really trying to help people uh, start to realize that they control their destiny. And uh, one good thing is, like, you know, thoughts aren't real. There is no, uh, pers there's no reality. There's only perception. And, you know, in, in and I know we're not supposed to get into, you know, the traditions and we're not supposed to talk about it that much, but what really helped me was being able to write down kind of like uh, all the people I thought that had wronged me. And, uh, and when I really went through with the right people, they kind of showed me that the one common denominator in all that was me. I'm the common denominator in all the chaos that happens in my life. And the blessings are, you know, my father, he's, he's, he's in his mid-70s. He's not in the best shape. He's got diabetes. He's an old lion that refuses to um, change his style. Um, but I, uh, I, I'm so blessed that he was my dad because I got to learn from his, like, his inability to uh, look inside himself for where he is in his life, you know? And that to me is so important. Like, you know, it's like, then the reason I bring that up is kind of along the lines of what you were talking about. It's like, there is no real, there is no reality. It's your perception. What is going on around you? Okay. Is, is what, what you believe is happening. It forces the reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if Absolutely. you're only, if you're only focusing on the negative stuff, all you see is negativity. You know, uh 
That's true. And I, you know, I, I, I'm an expert in negativity. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's it. The thing that was really hard for me, and it still is sometimes, uh, it feels more correct than positive thinking. And what I realized, it was kind of a, a um, an armor and a safety issue. It's like if I think negative, then if anything good happens, it's just, you know, gravy. And if I think negative and shitty things happen, then I'm like, all right, told you. And so it's it's a way to protect myself from getting hurt and being disappointed and very unsuccessfully, by the way, because then you're walking around all mopey and you and you're and people don't want to be around you. So it's bullshit, you know, but yet it felt more real. Now, uh, Bob, tell us about your um, podcast. What, what... Well, this this is why I started this podcast. So the the name of my podcast for anybody that wants to uh Take a listen. It's called The Exploding Human with Bob Nickman. And it's really about uh, and the sort of tagline is explore, expand and explode. So when I got sober uh, almost uh, 35 years ago uh, coming up, uh, I started to do all these other things to, uh, you know, uh, reprogram my brain and take care of my body and do, you know, spiritual things that were recommended to me. And so I started to, you know, I changed my diet and my and exercise and I did talk therapy and I did uh, different types of body work, hypnotherapy, all kinds of stuff, just because I was super curious. I figured, you know, I took a lot of chances with drugs and alcohol. Why not take the ultimate chance and go inside and see what actually comes out. So I started to do all these things. And um, 30 years later, I went, that's a really uh, a podcast that I would listen to. I didn't have any guidance or people that were sort of presenting to me the types of things that were, were available as human beings to, for personal growth. So uh, from a dark negative guy, I'm really, it's, it's all about um, learning, growing, expanding, trying to figure out, you know, what is this thing and how do I, how do I make my life and other people's lives better? I love it, dude. I love it. And these are the episodes I, I want to do for people. There's a group, small group of people listen and they're like, this isn't conspiracy. And I get it, man. But sometimes, you know, I got to break out and just, you know, cause I want to give freely to people what was given to me, you know? And, uh, you know, I talked about this on the past episode, you know, I have family members that really traumatic shit is happening to them. And they have no one around them that can explain this, even this little conversation we've had so far about like, about you are not set in stone. You're, there is no reality. What you perceive is your reality. And you just have to change the way you view the world and how yes. important that is and how important it is to, you know, it's like. You know, I, I go upstate New York and I try to find some meetings to go to. And I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but I'm just talking about like I try to find therapy and a like minded tribes and it gets really hard. You know, it's almost like you go on these kind of like um, you go. on. It's like it's like I'm Frodo from Lord of the Rings and I have to go to Mordor to find a fucking somebody that I, I could talk to that can understand what's going on in my head. And I feel for these people. It's so hard. To, it's so hard to tell somebody, you know, to find somebody in the middle of nowhere to be like, dude, you got to get out of your head. You got to stop thinking. You got to change the way you view the world. And that, like, I, I tell people, man, dude, you just start, and this isn't even about sobriety. This is just about just your mindset. And it's just like, if you just 
give yourself a chance and take contrary actions and every day just work on yourself. Your life can be completely 180 in, in a 365 days. One year from now, you could be living a completely different life. Absolutely. You know, it's really about recreating and creating from here forward and not uh, attaching to your story, which is the past. You know, and, and yeah, lots of crappy shit happens to people. And you were talking about trauma in the beginning of that little uh, uh, speech there. And that is a theme that comes up um, a lot in my, in my show, no matter what, what, which practitioner or which modality I'm talking about it. Most of it comes back to trauma. And, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, talk about a book that I read called uh, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's by a, a, he's a leading uh, uh, psychiatrist at uh, Harvard uh, uh, psychiatric. His name is uh, Bessel van der Kolk. I don't, I don't know. I've never met him or anything, but he talks about how when a trauma happens, let's say as a kid or even as an adult, it lives in the body and then it gets re-triggered uh, and you, you feel it and you live it almost ex the same on a visceral level. Yes. Um, yes. I know like just this is a tiny one for me. I don't know why this happens, but if somebody puts pokes me with their index finger in my chest, I go fucking crazy. It's like <laughs> I'm going to be murdered and I have to defend myself. It's only happened a few times. I don't know why that is, but it, th there's an invasion, uh, invasive feeling that makes me go absolutely nuts. I had a couple of comics do it over the years and I would fucking go nuts and I'm you know, I'm a little tiny guy and I don't fight or any of that stuff. I don't like it. I'm scared of violence, but that would do it. Tiny little do, thing, but do you think right now with this whole crazy time, the kids are going to have this new type of trauma or anxiety with this whole mask going on, cleaning shit, people going to the hospital for just that's a great question too much and breathing stuff in. You think it's going to be new type of shit going on? Because I mean, I, I've, we've never seen this. I, of course there is, you know, and I have, I'm going to plug an episode. I have an episode with, uh, fairly recently that I did with a, uh, a therapist named Alan Liebert. And we talk about global trauma and that's, that's what he talks about. The, the, uh, the results of isolation, of feeling alone, of being angry because you can't do the things that you were doing. There's a lot of stuff that's, you know, we're going to see after this that is going to affect people. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, I was saying, you know, a lot of people, this is a good example, and this is kind of like a depression almost. Uh, you say a lot of people have said, oh, I'm, I'm quarantined. I'm going to clean my garage and they don't do it. And then they feel bad about themselves. But it's like you kind of look at it and you go, fuck it, man. It's hopeless. I'm not. Why? Why should I? So there are sort of depression pieces to it. There's anger. There's a lot of stuff with this, you know, and it is. It's a global trauma. We'll see what happens. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. You know, XG, you know, when I talk about my family, not having anyone to talk about, you know, you know, we joke about you being Mexican, but you are kind of first generation, man. And, you know, the people around you, uh, are you, I mean, what is, when you try to take these, this way of thinking to your your friends, your community, your neighborhood. What's their whole feeling on that? Do do they do you ever have a conversation with anybody? And you know, I love Mexico. I'm not trying to say uh, you you know that belittle anybody, but you know, it's like I'm from upstate New York, and which is a lot like what what where you're coming from. And they're just they're good people. They're they're simple. And I don't I no one ever talked about this in my family about about you know dude nothing's real. You have to change your mindset. Do you ever see that in your community at all? 
trauma doesn't exist. Like, there's no, like, like you know how you guys, there's people that, you know a PT. PTSD. Mexican doesn't have PTSD. We never went to war. If you tell someone like, oh, that guy has PTSD, my dad would be like, what do you mean? He wakes up off scare. Like, it's just something that they don't go through anxiety. If I tell my dad, oh, people smoke weed for anxiety, he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? They just yeah. want to be high. Yeah, yeah. Like, they just want to be high. Oh, let's go to counseling for for my wife. No, they find Yeah, they dad, don't. Do you think my dad would ever listen to my mom and go to therapy? Hell no. It's just part of not going in. And it's just. Man, so it's true that people in Mexican society, they don't Yeah, I mean, now, like... Try to, tell, try, try to tell a Mexican about his son wants to be a tranny. Yeah. Yeah. Good fucking like a Mexican FISA dad accepting that his dad, that his kid's a tranny. Well, you know, go, he's just going to tell him. Yeah, so, I mean, what's so interesting, XG, is like if you actually take a look at when California was voting on gay marriage... Uh, the biggest demographic that voted against it was black and Latino Catholics voted against gay marriage, which is crazy because, again, I drive through trans area and they're all black and Latinos. That's a big denial right there. It's just, you know, cultures and subgroups, you know, they, people don't want things to be true, so they make it not true. In, the, in their minds. And we're seeing it all the time, you know, with the government and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I don't want this thing to be the way it is. So it's not. <laughs> and, and what makes me sad, Bob, is like, it's so hard to reach out to these communities with this amazing gift of like spirituality. They have their church spirituality and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not the biggest organized religion guy. But I'm really into like spirituality and connecting with other human beings. I get called right wing all the time. It cracks me up because I couldn't be farther from that. I'm on no team. I'm on no wing. I don't care about groups. I just, I, you know, but when I, I, I go to, I go to uh, group therapy stuff, it's mostly white people. There's not a lot of diversity in there. And it makes me really sad because, you know, when I sit in these group meetings, I think, how blessed am I that for a, uh, an hour I get free therapy? I can talk if I want to, but I don't have to talk. And I can listen to people who have gone through common things and see, you know, and I just wish like people would start to like, I wish we could all connect some more and talk to people and get people out of their mindset. You know, the, everything I ever learned in recovery, Bob, is the exact opposite of what I see social justice warrior shit, which is blame everybody else for your problems. Uh, you know, this group, hate, all these people out there hate me. And I like, I just learned through recovery is like, nobody cares about me. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Everybody else is just white knuckling their shit. Exactly. And, you know, everyone has pain and everyone has struggles and it's, it's invisible when you see somebody walking down the street, you don't really know what's going on with them. But sometimes when you, you put a little crack in there and start talking about something just a little bit, you see a light come on with people. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast to give these, these ideas to put them out there. And if somebody's listening, they go, Oh man, I've, you know, I'm a sex addict. I'm a drug addict. Uh, I have trauma. I have PTSD. Maybe I'll find out more. And, you know, it's, it's really just about curiosity and some of the, you know, some of the 
subgroups of the culture and different groups haven't you know evolved to that yet but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen because it is it's just one of those things that i think is you know uh i like i like to believe that as a planet and uh, there's a lot of evidence against this that we're evolving <laughs> spiritually i and there's plenty of evidence against but i think it takes less people who are trying to evolve to a higher place to counteract some of this negative and blame kind of stuff that you, that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I just, and it's again, like, I mean, it's love everybody. It's, it's, you know, it's just like, I, I've just, and I'm, I have a lot of faults, man. Believe me, dude, I don't come close to walking on water. I'm not trying to say I should be anybody's, uh, uh, you know, role model in any way possible. I have done a lot of crazy stuff. There's stuff, you know, my children coming into world, that story pisses a lot of people off. There's a lot of people that have expressed to uh, the other person in my life how not happy they are with that. So I am not a moral compass for anybody. Um, I won't fuck anybody out of a dollar. Money doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, you know, me and the guy on the street that's homeless, when we both check out, we check out with the exact same amount of money. Zero. We have nothing. Uh, I think if people knew how much, uh, how little people talked about them when they were gone. It's a very famous quote. If people knew how, mu- how little people talked about them when they were gone, they would care less about their legacy and they would show more love to people and they would care more about friends and family and fucking reaching out and, 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 and making a difference about, to those around them. And that to me is what's the most important thing in the world. Uh, some of the most miserable people I know are the people who have the most money in the world. And it's just like, I, I wouldn't want that in a million years, man. Yeah, there, Me either. And you know, there's only two things wrong with money, not enough and too much. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that isn't my Big quote. It's a, I read that in a Charles Bukowski book, <laughs> man. What a great, but, you know, and there's a wonderful thing that I read. It was a, a, I think it was a Buddhist thing. And they talk about life being this very smooth lake with no, no ripples and somebody dies and somebody on you know fairly insignificant dies you throw a pebble in and there's little little ripples and it it gets smooth pretty quick somebody important dies you throw a boulder in the waves are bigger and it lasts longer but very quickly in the especially in you know when you think about time that also smooths over it's the same thing you know the pawn and the king go back into the same box at the end of the game so uh you know it's it's really about from for me what it what it comes down to and you know uh i guess it's when my parents both when they were uh, passing away it all came down to i love you that was it it was all about being kind and 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 love and that's one of the things that their deaths taught me was that um that was it that was all that was there um so you gotta you you two are a stand-up comic and you're in writing and um what what made you basically do your podcast? Well, like I was health? saying, I wow. just, I actually I was writing on on um, on uh, Mark Marin's show, Marin. Oh, that's great! And oh. um, I had I knew there was a million comics that had podcasts, and I thought eh, I'm not going to ever do that. And then I, when I started to see what what they were, and you know, just being around Mark, I thought, man. 
you know, what would I want to do? Because that's an interesting thing. And I thought, well, how about this stuff that I've been studying for 30 years and, and, um, you know, uh, meet, you know, meet with these people and see what they have to say. And the first, actually the first thing I did was I met with a guy who does, um, uh, uh, end of life palliative care hospice stuff. Cause I wanted to start at the end. Wow. With death. wow. And so I've done a few things about death, which I'm fairly fascinated with for sure. Uh, the veil between life and death is pretty thin if it exists at all. And, uh, and, uh, and, and then I did things like, um, you know, uh, sex addiction therapists and a hypnotherapist and different types of uh, body workers. Uh, I interviewed a couple of people that have overcome, um, challenges like a friend of mine who was on um, psychiatric meds for a lot of years and got was really depressed and suicidal and he was able to get off of them I'm not saying anyone can do that but he was able to do that and that's a pretty interesting episode for people that are struggling with um, depression which is you know pretty common and um, so you know I've, I've done What's your uh, thoughts uh, on depression man what like it just seems like it is maybe we're just talking about it more but it just seems like it's it's more widespread than I've ever seen it before. And yeah, yeah. I you know I don't I you know I didn't. I I have some in my family. So and then I you know after many years of being sober, I started to get de- depressed, and it was like you know it was like in my case it was uh, a chemical thing because I was doing all the right shit, exercise, meditation, working with other people. It just something happened. I started to turn into what the way my dad was. And I went to I went to my doctor, my regular old family physician. This is an interesting uh, uh, diagnosis. I said, I'm not like I don't want to kill myself. I'm, I'm you know, but sometimes I just sit in a fucking chair and I don't want to do anything. And I have a really hard time experiencing joy. And I want to experience joy and my life is really good. And I don't. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's called anhedonia. You ever heard of it? No. Look it up, man. A- anhedonia. It was actually the original name for Annie Hall, the, the film. Uh, Annie Hall was anhedonia. Woody Allen. Called, that was the original title for that. But yeah, that makes sense. And I, I would say that he probably has that if you, you know, absolutely sort of. I don't, you've known me a long time, uh, Sam, you know, I, I, I kind of have a face that, that is kind of stiff. It doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't like animate very, very easily. It hurts sometimes. To, to, <laughs> and I love to laugh. And I love comedy and I love being around people and enjoying that. But, you know, joy is so elusive to me. And um, and I realized later, you know, my sister had stuff, my dad. And so there's a, some genetic component. But I also think there's a spiritual disconnect with a lot of people. They don't have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, how are you going to how are you not going to be depressed? And I, I also think like we're and, you know, here's because this is a conspiracy podcast. I'll get into my whole theory is that there is a lot of programming that we do to our children that does not lead to anything in the real world and that we we're so we so want to make sure that our children's childhood does involve the trauma that we had in our childhood that I, sometimes I think there might be an overcorrection going on and we we oversell them on idealism and we sometimes don't give them realism 
and that I think that has been done on a, a very large level purposefully. Now, just this is my thoughts. Um, so that when they hit the real world, you know, they fracture and they run to pharmaceutical drugs to numb them out because pharmaceutical drugs are legal drugs. So they're not harmful like street drugs, street drugs. You do street drugs. You're a bad guy and you're a scumbag and you got to go to jail. But if you do pharmaceutical drugs, if your drug dealer isn't on the corner or, or he is on the corner, but it's a pharmacy and he's wearing a lab coat, not a fucking trench coat, you know, uh, you're not a really a bad drug dealer and that there there. And there's nothing wrong with getting on pharmaceutical. I will never tell anyone not to do that. If, if that, something that can help you then you do it but this push to believe in idealism like when i watch like what goes on at like um th these college campuses with how these kids think they could treat somebody who doesn't see the world that the way they see them you know berkeley we're seeing like speakers causing riots at the school i mean bob yes, we're I talking know. about people in their prime sex and fun years <laughs> are like rioting and starting fights and screaming. I'm like, dude, these are your best. These are meant to be your best years. And you're like, you're, and you're, you're spending them trying to burn your campus down because a conservative wanted to talk. And it's like, my question is, where does that way of thinking fit into the real world? Where I do don't. you? Yeah. I don't know, but you know, some of it is is this idea that uh, you know everybody has to get an award, and and kids have to be taken care of, you know, with kid gloves. I mean, you know, uh, being you know last on the team picked is not necessarily a bad thing for later in life, you know, and uh, you know the the whole sort of process, the way it's set up with school, uh, it's it's a lot of extra pressure, and my kids are under so much more pressure than I was. Uh, but, you know, it's the idea is, you know, work really, really hard, get really good grades so you can get into a good college where you work really, really hard so you can get out and get a really good job so you can make a ton of money. And then here's the false part. So you can be happy. So everything is balanced yeah. on the head of a pin. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Everything's about everything is about something that's going to happen down the line. Yeah, no. Did did you ever have a teacher or anyone in your life growing up go, "Let's live in the moment"? No, you know, that's how what we I'm feel. Saying. You know what's uh, what can we? How can we feel good? You know, my best experience in school was in second grade. I had this teacher. She was a chubby lady, really sweet, Mrs. Kushner. No, Miss Kushner, and she decided to uh, churn butter, and she brought this uh, hand butter churn, and they, we put the cream or whatever the crap you put in there. I guess it's cream. And we sang a song, like an old-fashioned farm song, and shook this, uh, this thing and passed it around. And we were laughing and just doing this very simple task. And we made this butter, and then we put it on this fresh bread. And it was the most uh, uh, impactful learning moment for me as a kid. It's what I remember from all of elementary school. That and pissing on the walls in the bathroom because it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, Sam. I'm well. I'm all. Most of my friends have graduated from college because I'm like 27. They all graduated. They all have debt, but none of them have a house. And most of them, that career that, that they got, they're maybe interning or somehow finding a way. Back then, at 27, either 
you had a house and let's talk not, let's not talk about the greatest generation they had gone to the army and they had a purpose in life they're like i'm doing something even though it's scary as fuck to yeah. be in world war ii you yeah. come back with i did something what are these kids doing they're working at mcdonald's what purpose is that and yeah. now they can't even go to work yep i mean that's a big problem right now we're getting into like the 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 effects of of this uh, virus, I, I want to get into that real quick, but I want I want to stick cool. on to what we're getting into uh, with school. Like, I mean, here's what I've learned about school, man. If you real, I studied. You know, I was a real troublemaker in school, like a real troublemaker. I was around uh, Peg trying to get into a square, you know, and it would just uh, it just didn't work, man. And, and and there's this reward and punishment system that goes on in our schools and you get really pounded on if you don't follow the rules and you get rewarded when you figure out what the teacher wants, what the principal wants. And you do that and they, they, they put you on a list and they tell you how great you are. And it, it it's just like, it's set to crank out people who follow the rules and like people who don't, I spent my entire fourth grade in, um, <laughs> detention. I mean, lunch detention, the entire fourth grade, Mrs. Bacon, who I have nothing against basically took my lunchtime and made me sit in the hallway and I had to pay because I just didn't play by the rules. And I don't hate teachers. We don't pay them enough to put up with the BS, but man, the system isn't set up at all for anybody to think outside the box. And it kind of sucks, man, to be like, but at the same time, Bob, I feel like there's more hope than ever for people. Like, look at you, man. You were writing on the show. Now you got this podcast. That was impossible 10 years ago. No, it's fantastic. And it's just like, we just, I, I just can't get any, I just, all I want to tell people is like, man, you can do it. The difference between you, the haves and the have-nots is the haves did it. They tried. They just stuck through it. Even when it looked like it wasn't going anywhere, they stuck to it. It's like, so, Bob, and what are your thoughts on this? Like, how many people just take the first exit off the highway? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, I'm not doing that. I remember taking a test. It was like a, a, a an aptitude test for jobs. And they this was in like seventh grade. Like, fill this out. We're putting you on a college track. I'm 13. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I don't even know what these are. You know, and obviously comedian wasn't on there. Writers not on <laughs> there. You know, uh, none of that shit's on there. So I picked engineer. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I just checked it off. It was a, it was one of the it literally was a box to check. And they're like, OK, well, these are the classes you should take in high school to become an engineer. And I knew I wasn't ever going to do that. It was like, get this paper away from me. And they have they have those tests to determine your your, uh, you know, your strengths and, you know, what career. But the careers, you know, aren't. They're, they're narrow. There aren't, there aren't enough of them. Yeah. There aren't. There's like 50 of them tops, 50 of them tops. There's way more than 50 jobs. Yeah. And none of them are like fire spitter, Reiki master, you know, <laughs> right. Neighborhood ninja, like all the crazy shit that you, you might want to do. I just like, there's just so many, like the beauty of Reddit is that there's so many subreddits. Like you can find your tribe. 
Exactly. That is the beauty of the, and the power of, of social media and, and the internet. It, it literally has shrunk the world and you can find your tribe and create your own tribe too. That's the part I love about that stuff. You know, it's just, it's just the possibilities are so vast to, to reach out and, and find people that think like you do. I mean, God, can you imagine just being somebody, you know, I mean, you hear about it all the time. I was a creative person in a small town and I got picked on and called weird. Yeah. You know, and it, that's it, me. some of those. Yeah. Right. That is me. My see? friend in high school, I had a, I, in high school, I had one girlfriend the entire high school, no two. And they both lasted for about a weekend and they both, <laughs> and then they both, booted me to the curb and nothing happened. And it wasn't until I got to college that I actually became like somewhat who I am now, you know? And it's just because in high school, funny isn't attractive. I had a girl tell me that, you know, if I didn't know you, I thought you were, you, you were retarded. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess that explains why this isn't going well. Um, and like now it's just like the blessing is like, and I'm just blessed that, you know, Bob, you know, you are too that, you know, I, I'm in my late forties, man. I'm just lucky. I'm able to catch this, this revolution. There's some yeah. people who like, just, they look at like doing a YouTube channel, like the way my grandparents look at, looked at an answering phone. Like it was the devil. They're like, no, I'm not going to put my, my, my voice on that. And then they're going to have it. I, and, they, and they wouldn't even use a voicemail, an answer machine. Yeah. But, but here yeah. we are. We're, we're well, hustling and taking chances. Well, that's the thing. Just, you know, if, if you don't live uh, fearlessly, I mean, if you think, you know, work backwards, I'm going to die someday. And what's going to be, what am I, when I'm laying there and I'm going, what's going to be, what am I going to, you know, feel bad about that i didn't take a chance to see if i could have done something that's you know boy to die with regret of not knowing whether you could have done something it's got to be the worst fucking feeling in the world you know and it's just like you don't have to do a youtube channel you don't have to do a podcast like what's it that Etsy is at Etsy? is that what's called etsy etsy yeah, yeah i mean etsy, like yeah. that's an amazing thing like you, you can create your own, uh, arts and crafts and sell it. Like it, dude, the internet is there for you to become your own boss and like the freedom of deciding when you want to work and when you don't want to work. And like, and guess what? It's going to take work. My mother, my mother had a day job was had two boys. She had the raids back when husbands didn't do jack shit. Okay. Dads didn't do nothing but pay bills. Okay. And she went to college at night. These are the things you have to do. But you know what? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. You just got to do it. Well, Dude, there's, oh, go, go there, there's GoFundMe's. You can literally start a GoFundMe and ask people to help you out to create this. If you have such a great idea and you don't got the money for it, you start this GoFundMe. You tell these people your story and then you got money. That could have never happened. Either it was your money or you get a loan out. Now I've seen people. How, how'd you do this? I started GoFundMe. I made a video. I spread it out. People saw it. And people yeah. Donated five, two, three bucks. And then they end up with 10,000 bucks. And there's their idea. Kind of for free, but it is. No. That would have never happened back then. No internet. That's internet 100%. Yeah, man. Bob, what were you going to say? I agree with you. I don't remember, but I was just, I just loved what he just said. That was great. Uh, you know, I love the idea of possibilities. And that's, you know, uh, and there's so many areas that we can expand ourselves. 
And that's really, you know, the, the beauty of living in this in this time. I, to me, it's like put on some great music, turn the lights out, lay down on a, on a nice, comfortable mat and let your mind go and think about what you want to do. If there were no barriers, none. That's Is it, re- man. That's it, Bob. Keep yeah. going. That's a great thought, man. If there was no bear, if there, if, if there was nothing that could hold you back from living your dreams, what would you want to do? And, and because the illusion is that, that, that jumping into the, you know, the comfortable slot, the one that's laid out for you, the box to check is safer, but it isn't. It's limiting and it's just as precarious as, t- as taking a chance and taking a chance might be a little more work in the long run uh, or in the short run, really. But trying to fit into, you know, I use the word corporate mentality, you know, that's a recipe f- to, f- to be miserable. And unless you're somebody that loves that shit, then go do it. Yeah. Some people are spiritual BDSM masters, right? They're just, <laughs> they just want their soul to be the gimp and take a beating, dude. And that's it, just it, man. But here's the thing. Now, if you do this, this is guarantee you're going to all your dreams are going to come true. No, because guess what? As you do this, your dreams are going to change. But, you know, it's, it's like what Chris Rock once said, man. If, if, if his car breaks down and he tries to wave people down, most likely people won't stay, stop and help. But if people see him pushing the car, they'll get out of the car and try to help him push the car. That's yeah, what people do. That, and that's right. the universe as well, right? I mean, that's kind of how I learned. That's kind of what I feel, Bob. That's kind of how I see the world, man. And it's just like those who the, those who try to help themselves, the universe tr- tends to give it now a nice push for. That's what I found. Yeah, and sometimes there's failures on the way. And if you know, I was talking to my daughter about um, she's about to take this test, and um, she was uh, worried that she wasn't going to uh, do well. And I said, okay, let's say you don't. Let's take it from there. Let's say you tank the test. It's uh, for medical school. And I said, well, uh, let's say you tank it. Can you take it again? Well, yeah, but it doesn't look as good. (laughs) I go, but there's a lot of people that have had to take law school tests and and medical school tests multiple times to get in. You might be one of those people. Maybe you, maybe you, uh, you know, don't pass it and you get some other kind of job that you find something that you're even more passionate about. You don't know. It's all improv. It's all fucking improv. And it's okay, man. It's okay. The, the, what's it? The admission for success is failure. I mean, like, and the blessings for me is I got my dick kicked in very early and I I just got really like numb to like feeling bad about myself failing. You know, and I would just get these little victories while my friends were getting giant victories, but they were enough victories to keep going. So now here I am. I got this show that I love so much that like, I can't tell you how many people hit me up going, hey, do I love your show so much? I started uh, my own show. Yes. Yeah. Well, you helped me. You helped me, man. You pushed me to to expand what I'm doing, which is, you know, thank you for that. Well, I love it, Bob. And I think that, you know, because I I like, dude, my friend told me his story and I'm going to have him on the show. And I've gone around and told people the same thing was told to me. And, and, you know, yeah, I'm getting my kind of some shit from the tech companies, but that's okay because I, I just like, I'm just so grateful to what I did. You know, I had this guy, um, Scott DeGroat was on the show 
Uh, he's from the woke societies, and he did the show. Uh, his actual show was like the last show before YouTube started screwing with the channel, and he was he was the one that we did uh, Project Looking Glass. And I remember when he came on the show, when I looked at his uh, video, I mean his setup. I'm like, is this guy like, is this guy like um, a podcasting from a meth lab? Like, what is this Breaking Bad? <laughs> and but, you know, and it was a fun episode. And he did a great job. Well, we just did a Patreon two nights ago because he's been getting messed with on uh, Spotify. Uh, and, dude, when he came on, the guy, looked, the vibe was so different. He now had 35,000 subscribers. And he was, like, in a groove. And he was just a different person. And I couldn't be happier for him. And guess what? He lives in the middle of upstate New York. He's not in New York City. He's not in L.A. He's just a dude who just... Put his nose down and wet and grinded. And that to me is Bob still was? Okay. Yeah. I walked out to pee and then I came back. I do that to people. This is the number one podcast for taking the piss. I just wanted you to know well, that. More people pee <laughs> listen to this podcast than not. Um, you, my friend, uh, mentioned death. I am very, very, very... Um, it just... I, I don't know. I think about the topic all the time. I remember having a, um, uh, when I lived down the street from the studio, I, uh, there was a woman who lived with us and she, uh, she'd found out that the cancer had gotten really bad and they gave her a very short time. And I, I wanted to ask her, what are her thoughts? What's her thoughts on death? And, you know, you've done some episodes on it, Bob. You know, we were talking to Duncan Trussell. He had this amazing episode. And I don't know if you've ever been able to watch um, The Midnight Gospel on Netflix. It's a game changer. Well, you got to watch it, brother. You got to watch it. And the last episode, if, if you don't cry, you're not alive, man. And, and literally, you're just like, and it's, a, it's, it's basically he interviews his mother who has since passed. And it's a very powerful thing, you know, we were talking about, and it's like, you know, death is really hard on the living. And it seems to be like this things that everybody's so afraid of, but I don't know why I, I'm kind of sad now because I have two kids and I know it's going to be hard on them. Hopefully they haven't cut me out of their life by the time I get there. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's early on, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but you know, I, uh, Death, what have you learned so far on your podcast, interviewing people and your well, thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, it comes up a lot, which is an interesting thing. The, uh, I'm going to tell you a couple stories that, uh, that uh, transpired. Um, and the one thing, you know, let's just start with my dad. When he was, uh, he knew he was going to be dead soon. He was 95. And he, he said, I'm really scared. And I go, what are you scared of? I, you know, because we were just talking. He said that it's going to hurt. And I said, well, did, are you in pain now? And he goes, no. I said, well, you, that probably won't hurt then. I, he goes, I'm not afraid to be dead. He goes, but I think the process might be really painful. It wasn't in his case, you know. Um, so that was an interesting, you know, where that came from and why he thought that. I, I don't really know. But there, uh, in the first episode that I did, uh, the, the, this guy... Um, his name is Jay Westbrook. He's a, a palliative care nurse. And he was telling me about a, a, a guy who was dying of cancer and he had prescribed him, you know, morphine and, you know, all the appropriate types of things for this. And um, he came to the hospital and the guy was screaming. And in the hall, he goes, you sound like a wild animal that was just in agony. 
And so I went to the nurse's station and all the prescriptions were correct. And they told me he wouldn't take it. So he goes, I went in and put him into a meditation so he could talk. And he revealed that he was um, he had uh, murdered somebody uh, and done some prison time for this murder and that he felt uh, being I guess he was a Catholic. He said that he didn't want to be in, he wanted to limit the amount of time he would be stuck in purgatory by having a painful death. It was a, it was a way to mitigate this murder that he wow. had committed. And he had the opportunity to take morphine and alleviate the pain, and he wouldn't do it. That's how powerful the mind is. Wow. That story blew me away. I, yeah, I, that was my reaction. I was like, what? You know? Wow. Dude, it's very interesting, you know, Dana's sister uh, passed away almost three years ago, which is crazy. That's three years ago. Crazy. Cause it seems like yesterday and a very interesting thing that Dana said that was cause she, you know, Dana went and was with her sister toward during the whole thing. And Dana said that, um, there would be times where they thought that she was going out and then she would just wake up and go, who are all these people? Why are they all here? And there was nobody but Dana in the room. And she would just wake up and go, I don't want to die. Why are they telling me it's time? And it's just like, there was some, like, there's something that happens when you pass through. And I think people that are afraid of death didn't live life. That's, and listen, I'm a guy of 47 who knows how many more years I got, but I feel like I, I don't, I'm in a place in my life where I don't care about growing old. And when I tell people that they don't, they think I'm crazy, but it's like, I did it all, man. I had such, this is the perfect time for me to have two children because I did everything and I'm not feeling like I'm missing out on something. And, you know, of course I don't want to die because I don't want to leave these children without their daddy to raise them and show them the love that they need. But I don't fear death because I think, I think we just are reborn and we go into something pretty amazing. And yeah, we probably pay for our sins, but, and then we get reborn and have to learn the lessons, but it's just, it's just an inter, it's interesting thoughts. What are your thoughts on what happens when you die, Bob? Well, this, uh, this is something that happened to me when I was, uh, I remember my birth. I'm going to tell you this. I don't remember it like, wow. oh, uh, you know, I'm coming out of, out of my mother or anything like graphic like that. What I remember was, and I, all, and I knew this all through my childhood. So take it or leave it, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, it's a, it's a, a knowing that I have. And it was this very sort of violent sort of, not, not a negative violent thing, but a very energetic push from a dark place to uh, someplace else and a second of being really scared because it was very intense and then this internal smile and the words oh yeah this again and I was laughing like in internally so that's an experience I had when I was born that I assume you know it's, I can't prove it yeah so I've always had that so as I uh, as I was doing my podcast, uh, a number of uh, years in, in, before I did the podcast, I did a series of uh, hypnotherapy sessions for, you know, just to do them. Curiosity, wanted to do it. 
And I kept asking this woman, she gave me this book called Many Lives, Many Masters, which is about a, a um, past life regression, which sounds like, you know, you know, when I first heard it, I go, that's fucking bullshit. But then I read the book. It was really interesting. Oh, and I said, really? I want to do one. And she wouldn't do it. Finally, she did. And I went back. Uh, she took me back in, uh, in time. And I was in like a place like Mesopotamia or something like that, you know, like some sort of Middle Eastern biblical kind of place. And they have she had me look down at my feet and they were in sandals. And I was in like this robe and there was a war going on. It was sort of shadowy, not very graphic or clear. And um, and I remember I was some sort of a scribe of some kind, some sort of a, you know, intellectual or some shit. And I, and I, I remember going out into the public square and being terrified of the violence. And I've always been super scared of violence and um, going, this isn't the way to go. Don't do this. This is and nobody was listening. And then she uh, took me out of that into the next life. And I kind of went into the universe. And when I came out of that, I don't remember that one at all. And when I came out of the hypnosis, and I was aware of all this, because hypnosis is not some kind of thing like bark like a dog. It really is. You're very aware. It's a very relaxed state. And I came out of it. And the first thing she said to me, she goes, isn't death not a big deal? <laughs> and I go, you're right. It's not. It was like so nothing. It was just kind of fun. It was like, oh, I'm going to do this again. Um, I, so I've done and I did another past life regression about a month ago with a different person. And that was a whole other thing where I was a woman in that one and in, in like Germany, Austria kind of area. And I had, had a husband who was um had a disability and I had to work really hard and it was just, and I, I even had a name that came, came up. It was really interesting stuff. I, I, I've, it seems like, you know, there's so many possibilities. What's the process that they do for that? It's well, it's, it's just very, it's hypnosis. It's, it's, uh, it's relaxation techniques to get you into a, a kind of an, not an altered state, but a deeper state. It's into the unconscious, but you're very aware. When you do that, do you feel the emotions that you would have felt? I mean, do you feel some almost yeah. like a memory? Like, I, I, my question is, if you do, you, did you feel what it was like to be a woman? I mean, I I know that sounds a little <laughs> silly, but I mean, did you feel like some kind of feminine? I'm not trying to make a joke here. Did you? feel No, I know like, you're not. Um, uh, kind of like you inhabited I, a, a woman's felt, body. That kind yeah, of thing? I didn't feel like you know. I knew what it was like to to have. You know, I'm body parts. every woman. <laughs> I mean, saying. believe me, if I if I could have had a multiple orgasm in that state, I would have. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was it was really this hardworking, uh, you know, sort of peasant woman, and I felt the sadness of the of, and the burden of being basically a second class citizen and oh. having to be like a scrub woman and take care of this man who was ill and knowing that I would never be able to elevate out of that. That was what I came out of. It That's with. fascinating. And that to me, the fact that you are a peasant and not, you know, Cleopatra lend some credence to the whole thing because, or at least the, you know, the setup you went to, because you hear about many people who do this and mm -hmm. who are Royals yeah. and, you know, my Sorry, name was warriors. my name was uh, uh was something like Sarah Krein, uh, K R E I N. The guy had me like he goes, well, how do you spell your last name? And uh, you know what? Describe where you live and what's the house look like and what are the surroundings? And it was like a dirt road and, uh, and a field and 
these trees. I mean, I could see it. It was really cool. I mean, it's in it's, uh, you know, uh, I'll do it again. <laughs> it was pretty fascinating. Ah, uh, we should. I mean, I would love to get somebody in here and we do an episode. We got a couch, I'll dude. Give you, you know, I have a guy who I've interviewed on my show three times. He is a um, he's paralyzed from the neck down. He oh my was, god, really? Yeah, he was just graduated college and gotten his first job. Oh. Uh, out of school and was in a car accident with a friend and the friend was okay uh you know hurt but not and he was he's been paralyzed for, from the neck down and he became a financial uh, uh manager and he did pretty well but he the whole time he was because he was so you know uh di- disabled he went inward a lot and he has researched all this kind of stuff you know he's super intelligent and the kindest guy and so he does these and he would probably do one with, I don't know if he would do it on the air with you. I think he probably would. I'm uh, in, put, dude. Put you, into, put you into a state of, you know, relaxation. Awesome. You could chop out the, you know, the parts that don't work, you know, at the beginning, probably as you're going under, but maybe not. And uh, see what happens. He's, he's, and I've done three or four episodes with him. His name is David Rippey. You want to check out those episodes. He's a um, really interest, interesting guy with... Um, how he has uh, taken this disability and made it into something where he helps a lot of people. He does tapes for people, hyp- hypnosis tapes for pain, for sleep, for uh, losing weight. And um, he's, he's a healer. He's a healer. You know, man. And that t- again is like, look at what that guy did with, with the situation he was dealt and how he just didn't let it eat him up and consume him. But he, he took it and he, turned into a positive and it's just like that's just why i want everybody to know it's like you can do it no matter how dark it seems right now and how much you're consumed like turn off the tv take a moment of just taking your environment and and no matter how bleak it looks dude tomorrow can be a different day and you could totally 100% change your life in one year you could be a totally different life I believe that, man. I want to. Does it mean like you're going to be go from a, a trailer park and not against trailer parks? Trust me, dude. I'm about 10 years away from getting one. I can't wait to just own a trailer like my grandma did, dude. Get a nice one, double wide, chill bill. I can't <laughs> wait, dude. Get your redwood deck just outside of Reno. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, a trailer in San Diego sounds like <laughs> heaven to me, dude. And I ain't kidding. I ain't kidding. Um, but you know, you can go, not saying you can go for a trailer park to a fucking mansion, but I can say spiritually, you could be in a completely different place that you are on your way to getting out of whatever situation is driving you nuts and, and eating your soul up. And I, I believe yeah. that. Bob, are there any episodes that you're looking forward to maybe doing one day, like that you haven't done yet on any topics? Um. Well, there's some, yeah, there's a few things I'd like to do. I, I really want to do some stuff on uh, futuristic kind of things. Like what's, you know, I haven't really connected to that world yet, but what, what is on the cutting edge of what's going to, going to be happening in the future in all the fields, you know, whether it's uh, medicine or uh, economics. I'm sort of fascinated by this idea of, of a uh, minimum basic income for people because there's not, not going to be enough jobs. 
with robotics and and uh, things being taken care of that way. That's an interesting thing to me. Is like, how are we going to live as human beings when we don't really have to work 40 hours a week to be okay? I mean, that, the that's pandemic a- sort of started that in a sense with giving people money back. Yeah, I, I'm a little nervous about that. You me know, that, that stuff <laughs> makes me very nervous That because it could easily be like, oh, I just don't have to do anything. Uh, I, I, you know, man, I wish I like, dude, I just wish that we could trust those who are creating the technology, those are, who are in uh, positions of power. And it's not that you have to be like, I don't trust anybody, but you know, I say question everything, man, you know, like I, I just like, you know, you say whatever. I know there's a lot of people that hate Trump and I know there's a lot of people that like Trump, but regardless of what you say, I think you should, uh, you should question everything, everything. And I, and I this is to me is related to a point you brought up in a Facebook post I think yesterday, and it applies especially to the community we're a part of. I don't call it what you want, the truth community or whatever. Yeah. But we have this tendency, just as humans, to kind of eat our own, you know, yeah, to, to fight amongst each other, and that's exactly what the people in charge who have uh, you know bad intentions want us to do, and For we bring ourselves down. I mean, and just because we disagree on some of the details, it's no reason to be angry and to write people off. I mean, you see that all the time. I'm writing you off, you know, on Facebook. People do it, family members, just about politics. I mean, and and, and I don't know. I, it's, no, it is I think crazy, that relates Johnny. directly to what you're, you're talking you're, about. You're talking about this post I put on Facebook, which was like, like uh, my manifesto, I guess, the way Dana called me up and was screaming at me. But it's like, all I'm saying is like, okay, dude, we have a difference of agreement on this this coronavirus. It, do, it should not negate the 20 years of friendship we've had. We're, and all the, you know, like, dude, I don't walk on water. I'm very flawed, man. But I do take pride in that I love to help other people. I like to freely give to those what was given to me. I've never fucked anybody out of a dollar. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I treat from peasant to president the same fucking way. Because I don't agree with you on this, this coronavirus situation. That that suddenly you're like flamethrowing me and actually taking pride and happiness in what's happened to me with these tech lords. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. Agree to disagree. Move on. I'm not here to just hear from people I agree with. That's boring to me. Fuck your echo chamber. I want to hear from everything because maybe you're going to tell me something that clicks me back a little back from me and me going on whatever side of the argument I'm on. That's all I'm saying. Like I hear you, man. I, I have the same thoughts, you know, and I always wonder about, I always want to ask people that are rigid. Can you give me an example of how, of a time when your mind was changed and how that happened? Do you have anything like that? Because I would love to hear it. Can you tell me what that is? So, and if they say no, you know, what are you going to do? But if they say, yeah, and here it is. And so there is a possibility if you have new information that you may alter the way you think you know and it's uh, hey bob have you had a oh sorry have you had a shaman on i know you were talking about spiritually what do you think about like uh on your waska and dmt i know you're sober but is, have you thought about it have you had someone on there to talk about that i ha- um no <laughs> i haven't had that but i would love to to hear that you know i mean i was i i loved hallucinogens when i was a young fella I think it opened up a lot of doors. You know, I used to try to, <laughs> I used to call it the, uh, the triad of, of, uh, spirit of, 
fake spirituality. I put on John Coltrane, read uh, uh-huh. Gurdjieff, <laughs> and take LSD. <laughs> I do miss that. That's the thing I miss the most, dude, is just shrooms. Not LSD. Yeah. I don't want to do shrooms. I mean, I took LSD a while ago, like many years ago, and I'm like, okay, this is not mushrooms. This is like someone poured fucking psychic lava on my brain, and, and, and I just feel like I'm just in like a, a psychedelic pinball machine, and I'm just like, bing, 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 and I'm just, I remember I'm just running through the Seattle airport, and I'm late for my flight, but, and everyone's getting out of my way because I look like just a fucking lit up Sonic the Hedgehog, you know what I'm saying? Just Fuck, I mean, I got through fucking, I don't know how I got through fucking uh, uh, airport security because I had lightning bolts coming out of my eyes. Well, only a total idiot would take LSD and go to an airport. <laughs> no, because I... the worst decision I've ever heard. Well, no, I did it the I night before. Be fr- I don't want to be friends anymore. I don't think the way you do. No, it was the night before, but it was so strong. It was still going. <laughs> okay. How was that flight, dude? (laughs) I don't know. I was was like, I got in and I somewhat fell asleep, but it was like, it wasn't full sleep. It was on LSD sleep. You know? It's just interesting. Uh, Real quick, man. We talked about the the coronavirus. Uh, What is your thoughts on where we're heading in this country? I, I just like, I just... I've been, you know, man, I love all my friends. I love all the people I've met on this journey, man. I'm really let down by the, uh, you know, the fake, the fake resistance. The, you know, this is Sam speaking, Bob, and you're more willing to, you know, light me up like a pinata. But, you know, I'm really just uh, let down by the the 20 years of, uh, of uh fuck uh rich white guys they're they're ruining everything uh don't trust the fucking cops you know my body my choice and then suddenly it's like listen to bill gates he's a white billionaire he cares and the, do what the cops tell ya and dude like yeah cool mandatory vaccinations whatever you want government it's just like it's just this flip that has happened And it's just, it's just, it's so disheartening because I just heard from all these fake ass punk rockers forever. And I know they're scared, but just like, man, they rolled over so quickly and it makes me really sad. Yeah. Well, you know, every problem in life, I think, comes down to some kind of fear. So when you have people that are afraid, they're, they're, and the thing that most people are afraid of is the, it's either a thing they're afraid of or they're afraid of the unknown. And if you're afraid of the unknown, you want to make something known. So you have to pick a theory, an idea, a, a, a way of believing in order to be less afraid. And it, it, it's an interesting thing of, uh, you know, the cycle that we're in right now of, um, you know, just to be super ridiculous about it. You know, this wave of fascism, racism kind of thing to um you know, as a backlash to, um, you know, liberalism and uh, and the biggest, you know, and I think things come in cycles and they they peak and, you know, it's a necessary process. You know, if you watch kids play, for example, go if you were, were to go into a kindergarten class or a nursery school class and you watch, there's a rhythm to when kids play and hum, all human beings are like this. 
there's an energy and there's a lot of noise. And then as a group, they get quiet and then they come back again and they make noise and then they get quiet. It's, it's like this, it's like if you even look at these waves, you know, it's like behind me in this virtual thing, there's patterns to, to living, you know, and it's like, it, you know, it's like, it's going to be, it's not going to be the way it is now forever. It's the way, same way it wasn't, it isn't now the way it was five years ago. And I think these are sort of necessary growing pains uh, for any society. And um, I guess the thing that one of the things you were talking about, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine and a danger, I think, is labels. Um, for instance, if I say uh, I'm a liberal and uh, my friend is a conservative, what does that really mean? Yeah. Now they've become pejoratives and my idea of what a liberal is, is not what the conservatives idea of a liberal is. And my idea of a, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're a libtard, you're a right wing. These, yeah. these labels just oversimplify and create a, this attitude of dismissiveness. You were just talking about that. And then the, this idea of not being mature enough as a, as a, as a culture to have a discourse, we used to all kind of be on the same page with different approaches to how to achieve it. But now it doesn't seem like that. It seems like there's an energy. I mean, there is an energy to hatred. There, there's a power to it. You know, when I hate somebody, I know exactly who I am. I'm the guy that hates, you know, and there's a direct sort of line and a, and a power to that that feels good if you feel weak inside. And, and it's a real um, it's an interesting thing to see what, what's happening. I would love to see, you know, adults act like that, like adults. Uh, Bob, Bob, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I agree, totally 100 percent agree with you. And, and just like if you just take a look at the last couple of years, like how many marches and protests happen? You know, we have we have the Black Lives Matter happen, you know, and on this show, the, the listeners be like, oh, it's funded by George Soros. Let's take let's just take a moment and say, what are those people marching about? And then we take a look at, let's take a look at the uh, woman's march and what those people are marching about. And then let's take the, the uh, open up protest and who are they marching against? And like, if you really take a look at it, they're all marching against the same people, <laughs> but they refuse to look at that. And they're so busy fighting and pointing fingers and labels and they don't realize like, what is Black Lives Matter saying, dude? The fucking government doesn't have the right to violate our constitutional rights by shooting us unarmed and using exaggerated force. What are the open up people saying? You don't have the right to violate our constitutional fucking rights. It's the same march. And what are the women marching against? The right for representation and the government not to tell them what they do with their body. It's the same people it's cops using over force and it's fucking government stepping in in their personal belief like it's the same people but they refuse it's like that guy in georgia gets shot why am i on that side of the people marching about that because that young man didn't deserve to get shot in the fucking street and if you tell me they're breaking the law blah 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 save it Okay, because you know what they're telling the guys who are, are fucking the, these hair salon people when they're trying to open up? Guess what the cops are telling them? You're breaking the fucking law. Okay? We, like, it's the same people. So I got to march with them. So when th I'm angry, they march with me. 
that we march together. And I'm going to tell you something, man. If you took a gangbanger and you took a white supremacist and you sat them in a room and you really had them get honest and you go, why are you in these groups? They would give you the exact same answer. I feel disenfranchised. I feel like I have no hope. And I'm finally part of a group that says they fucking care. And that's the same exact thing. But we can't ever come together on that because we've been bombarded since we were young to put everybody in fucking groups, cookie cutter bullshit, and we'll never come together. And that's what they want. And that's what you're talking about, Johnny. They never want us to come together. You know, I have a friend that was quite impassioned, and I enjoyed that. I was trying to picture you naked while that was going on. <laughs> dude, um, I got gorilla tits right now, Bob. I got gorilla tits, dude. This is why chicks dig Sam Tripoli they right there. They used to. Not, till, not this fucking <laughs> pandemic, Sam, with his gorilla tits. My babies keep trying to fucking um, nurse on my fucking nipples. It sucks. Go I on. I love that. I remember that when my kids tried to do that. <laughs> um. Or as long as your kids don't try it, I think we're okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. I was just thinking about a cop shooting a hairdresser. <laughs> well, you see where they take that young lady and they beat the shit out of her in New York because she doesn't have a mask on, even though they don't have masks on. Oh, yeah. It's like, what are we talking about here? And it's like, stop acting like you're doing your job. You know, there's a difference between the law and the spirit of justice, and you're breaking the spirit of justice. Just because something's legal or illegal doesn't make it right or wrong. Well, also, what happened to proportional response? You know, like, the penalty, the, like, these guys, I can't even get into their mindset. These guys who thought they were going to do this vigilante thing, even if the guy had broken into the house, that the construction site, and stolen something. We, that deserves some kind of armed response. You know what I mean? It just does it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the absurdist yeah. And it's idea. not your yeah. house. That's the whole thing, dude. You have a right to defend yourself. It's, it's, a, it's a form of white knight. You know, oh, they grabbed his gun. Well, it's like, dude. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. Let's flip it. You're that guy running. Okay, yeah, you've had a shady pass. Who hasn't? And some dudes come up with a gun on you? Yeah, how do you trust that they're, they don't, they're not cops? Well, oh, I'm not even sure I trust police, but they're, I mean, you don't know if they're trained and you don't know what their intentions are. And no, the point of course is, you would grab it. Of course you would grab it. They deserve a trial. Everybody there. Like the notion to not arrest these guys, that's what I'm saying, man. Totally. And also, the number, the, the first, the guys didn't know what the hell they were doing because the first thing you'll learn in any sort of gun instruction setting is to not get close enough where somebody can touch your weapon ever. Like, that's the number one thing. You have to keep a distance. They tell police that, too. So those guys didn't know what the hell. They're, those guys were idiots. And he's supposed to be a cop. XG, what do you want to say? No, I was about to say that he's supposed to be a cop. That he was doing a, a citizen's arrest. You know how many times I should have got, I'm going to start arresting I would love drug, my homie drug dealer and say it's a citizen's arrest and just keep the drugs? You can't just make a citizen's arrest. When's the last time someone actually got down with the citizen's arrest? I would love to do it, too. <laughs> I would love to. I love a get down. That'd be a great name for a band, Citizens Arrest, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is a good When was the last time you got down? Well, I once saw him in concert recently down at the fucking Viper Room. Uh, Bob, uh, I, 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 dude, I had a great time with you, and I, 
Next time I want to get into like some of that regression, like that stuff, past life stuff, man. We got to find that thing and talk about that because, dude, that really interests me, man. That re like, I'm all into that. You know, like NASA just came out. To, you know, I don't believe anything, but except for when they say stuff that I believe in, then I'm like, oh, I yeah, like yeah, that, when right? it's fun, right? <laughs> right? But man, when they're like, when they're like, uh, man, I think they're they're like, I think. There's multiple dimensions. I'm like, yeah. I'm like that. Dude, Jack- that story's amazing too. It's the in this other dimension, time goes in reverse. That's yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. A NASA scientists detect evidence of parallel universe where where time runs backwards. What the fuck does that even mean? Dude, that's well. So- what they said was, and it's fascinating. They say naturally these particles are falling out of space into the Earth's core because of gravity, and they detected these particles actually going the opposite direction. Which makes no sense with if you know with respect to gravity, it's just not possible. And so they say that their theory is that these must be some kind of evidence of a second dimension, you know, and where the particles are actually going in reverse t- uh, time, like time is flipped, and so they're going actually out into space instead. Which my favorite, like, my favorite gif is that Jack Nicholson one where he's like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's a, when I read that, I'm like, yeah. Now you're into my good shit, dude. That's I'm all about multiple dimensions, and dude, just all the pieces start to come together. Bob, one more time, brother. Uh, yes. please, please tell us about your podcast and yes, where they can me... find it. And okay, all... so uh, it is the Exploding Human with Bob Nickman. There's a website, theexplodinghuman.com. I also have the episodes on YouTube. Boom. Exploding, yeah. The exploding. It's just the audio. Uh, the Exploding Human with Bob Nickman on, uh, on YouTube. There's Twitter. There's Facebook. There's a Patreon. There's all the stuff that people have to uh, if they want to support the show. But come and listen. That's the main thing. I really would love to have you visit and uh, check out some, uh, some of the episodes. It's a wide array of uh, practitioners and people who have overcome challenges and New ways to explore, expand, and explode. Well, Bob, I hope the swarm finds you and shows you love, man. Uh, that's what the fans, the listeners here are called. They're called the swarm because they show up in bunches, brother. And uh, I hope I, and I think they're going to love this episode. And, you know, to me, dude, I, I just love having these episodes because I love the listeners so much. There was a time where I had nobody listen to my show. So when I, I get this amount of people listening and it ebbs and flows and when the tech people aren't fucking with me, we get really great numbers. And when they fuck with me, we get good numbers. And, <laughs> you know, and I can't complain. So like these episodes, I know you really want to hear about, you know, lizard people and, and Pizzagate and all that stuff. But I also want you guys to get something that, man, you guys can find. I, I want you guys to know. The dreams are just on the other side of that door. You just got to walk through it, man, and you could do it. Johnny, I mean, Johnny just hit me up one day, and he's like, hey, man, I'd love to help you. And he moved from North Carolina, and now he's, I, I don't know if he's living his dreams or a nightmare, but I know he's pretty fucking, it's a different life than it was three or four years ago. And Johnny just took a chance, and you got to do that too. And I know you got kids, and I know you're into this, and I know you got that. You got a million excuses, but dude. If you just spend a little time every day working on your dreams, it could happen. I'm telling you, you can do it, man. You just, but it's got to be you. You got to do it. You can't wait for someone else to do it. You got to do it. 
And, it, and I hope and hit me up and anything I could ever do for you guys. I try to answer as many messages as I can, uh, but hit me up. And I hope you guys go find Bob because, dude, his show is amazing. And I'm very uh, honored he would come on my little shelf. So, Bob, next time we have you on, I need you. Hopefully this craziness is down. We can get you in studio and we could focus on like one fun little topic and bang it out. That would be fun. I look forward to uh, uh, being in person. Uh, Give you a big hug, Sam. That would be nice. I know that that tropical island that you've built your studio on is it's going to be hard, <laughs> hard to leave it. But uh, you can uh, you have an open door anytime you want to come in, brother. Uh, I, Thanks, I, I hope that you are. Um, and you brought up Mark Marin. We want to send our condolences to Mark. Uh, Mark is such a wonderful person and uh, always been very kind. And I know that he lost somebody this week and his girlfriend. And it's really sad, man. You know, yeah, it's really know. sad. So yeah. we send our thoughts and prayer to Mark, to Mark's girlfriend's family, and uh, to all of her friends. And uh, sorry for your loss, man. The older you get, the more heroes you lose. And that's 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 probably the hardest part of growing old, is losing so many people that you love. So thoughts and prayers to you, Mark Marin. Bob, again, thank you so much. XG, thank you so much. Johnny, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys sooner than later, okay? Enjoy uh, enjoy your life, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for the support. Goodbye, Swarm. I love you very much. Enjoy your life. Take care.